broadcasting from New York, New York. It's Grant's Rants, Hollywood Talk. The Oprah Meghan Markle interview proves that pop culture is not dead. Blowhards, Piers Morgan, and Sharon Osbourne show out. Jen Shaw's lawyers do damage control, Lisa Vanderpump's pump gets suspended, and Teresa is still selling that gaudy house. Let the ranting begin. It is just me here with you, joining you for this episode of Grant's Rants. Um, I wanted to catch up. I have been working nonstop on this other project. Um, For those who don't know, I I work over at HBO, and there is a podcast that's out there that I'm producing for this Alan V. Farrow project, and I've been working diligently on that. It's been taking up a lot of my time, but I, I cannot give up this podcast here and I have to continue to, you know, rant. I need an outlet. So this is just you and me on a quiet afternoon. I'm recording here. Um, Want to get you some of my thoughts and opinions on what is going on. I, I, of course, you know, pop culture has been resurrected with this Meghan Markle interview. Um, it's been pretty dead out there for a long time. Now this happened. I am not here to talk about the interview. That is old news. I'm here to talk about kind of the ripple effect of what has come of this interview. Meghan and Harry may had their moment, and now everybody else has to weigh in. And, uh, you know, we all saw Piers Morgan make an ass of himself. And, you know, I, I just look at Piers and I'm like, you're taking this too far. There's something strange with him. That's all that I'll say about that. There's something he's really taking this to the next level. And this of course now big deal here in the states as well. The talk which rarely if ever gets any press is actually being shouted out here. Um they're kind of making a little bit of a, a I don't know. A little, they're they're in the mix, I guess you could say. Sharon Osbourne, who full disclosure, I am not a fan of. I don't care for Sharon. I've heard a lot of different things about her. I've never like met her other than um, I was seat filling at the daytime Emmys and she was like half joking, half mad that we were sitting in her seat and we're like, well, yeah, I mean, you weren't here. We were told to sit here. Like, it's not my problem you're outside. You know what I mean? They told me to sit here. That was kind of the only thing, which like, I don't, I don't hold that against her, but, like, if you've ever been to an award show, you know what a seat filler does. So, like, relax. Um, and it's the daytime Emmys, and it was in Las Vegas. So, like, you really can take a, say, a seat, like, somewhere else. <laughs> just kidding. But um, don't care for her. I just find her to be really kind of a know-it-all. Um, for whatever reason, she seems to really own the talk. I've heard this, like, that this is kind of her show, especially now that Julie's been gone. This is really kind of her platform, if you will. She does what she wants. Well, she feels as though that CBS blindsided her with a segment they had this week. Um, She said she only had about 20 minutes to prepare, that she wasn't involved in producing it. Basically, her co-host, Cheryl, um, there was like, they they say it was a heated exchange. Now, I think Cheryl did a very good job. She basically proposed a question. She said, what would you say to people who may feel that while you're standing by your friend, a.k.a. Piers, it appears you gave validation or safe haven to something that he has uttered that is racist, even if you don't agree? Well, Sharon is friends with Piers, and, you know, I think 
you know, they're they're similar in the way of they they love the press. They love to be out there. They love to use the press as they want, as they will, whatever. So, of course, Sharon took this very offensively and, and thought she was being called a racist. I really do believe, though, that Cheryl was trying to give her an opportunity to be like, you know, you have to distance yourself from this man right now. It's just not the best time. I know you're friends, but like, how do you really react to this? And Cheryl kept digging at her heels, wanting to know an example of peers being racist. Uh, you know, she's standing behind her friend, but she's really upset with CVS and with CBS because now she feels as though allegedly this is all to the rumor reports that it was the executives at CBS that asked the talk to do this to get a reaction out of her, which I can understand it being something as simple as um, if you're going to be talking about peers, uh, let's get Sharon's take because they're friends. And, you know, maybe a producer went with that and, and they ran with it. I don't think it was malicious, but, you know, Sharon, of course, is all upset about this, probably because she wasn't in control of it, right? She probably had nothing to do with it. That's what she said, that in the beginning she was blindsided. That's that's the, the real kind of, like, nugget, I guess, that we're getting out of this. And um, I don't really see the problem. So, you know, you're a panelist on, on a show. This is your opportunity to talk. So that's it. I don't know what else to say about her other than I don't care for her and I'm not too surprised by this. Apparently, Holly Robinson Pete has put out there saying that Sharon said she was, quote, too ghetto for the talk or something to that line. I, I don't know. This is this is what she said in a tweet. This is what uh, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what Holly, Holly Robinson put, put out in a tweet. Now, look, I, the only thing I'll say about Holly is I think she's kind of boring. I mean... I think she's just kind of a... I didn't enjoy her on the show. I, I did watch back then. And not every day, but... I mean, I enjoyed her more than Sharon. But now, Sharon denies this completely and even went as far as to screenshot an email between the two of them and post it. Um, I don't know. But Holly is alleging that because of that comment and Sharon's influence, she was fired from the talk. Now, this is going back to 2010. I think we can all take a beat... <laughs> Take a breath. You know, as the world turns was on, then it was replaced by the talk. This was over 10 years ago. But, um, you know, if Sharon is right, then she should be able to defend herself there. But it just seems like just let it go. I, I personally think that Sharon and Piers love the media attention. Piers will talk to anybody that will ask him about it. He's getting international press. He will leverage this no matter what. He's already talking about how he's in a hibernation and he's going to come back and there's going to be a resurgence or I think resurrection was the word that he used. I am mean, he lives for the drama and the narr the narrative around this. And you know, Sharon is going to pull the same kind of stunt I think with this. Um I don't know what else to say here other than I'm not a fan of Piers. I don't care about Sharon and um yeah, that's all I have to say about it other than Good for the talk for getting some press. And, you know, I watched the exchange, and I think Cheryl Underwood really did a good job trying to ask the questions and trying to connect with Sharon. And I just saw Sharon resist. And um, how can I say this? She was just, she was challenged in the way she was thinking, and it wasn't well received. Now, we are talking about someone who's almost 70 years old. I believe she's 68. So it's hard for people of a certain age to grasp what they're being asked 
And of course, she's fighting these allegations uh, that she believes that people are calling her racist. You know, I don't know what what the deal is with her. I think the question more is, and it was, what is going on with Piers, and how can you continue to stand by him right now? Like right now, not a good look with what's happening. But I don't know. She should have denounced Piers in this way, but you know, Piers is calling all the women bullies. And, you know, it's not the first time he's called anybody a name. And I'm tired of him. I'm tired of Piers. I don't care what happens to him. Totally disinterested. People like him will only fail up. So I can guarantee you he will make money on this. This this week that we just had, he'll make more money than most people, like me, talking about him now. So I'm not worried about him or anybody else. I don't care. In the spirit of lousy people, Jen Shah from The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, she had this video leak. It was on Twitter, and uh, you know she's yelling at a, co- at a designer, I guess a costume designer, a dressmaker for the reunion or an appearance. I don't really care. I've watched it. And you know she's yelling and screaming, getting physical. She throws her phone, I believe. And, you know, it just goes to show, like, that this is who she really is, which is what I pegged her for as a lousy garbage person. And it's just more of the same. Uh, I'm tired of it. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of rewarding these lousy people with a platform and fandom. And I mean, people are going to call her icons and queens and the next Naomi Campbell because she threw the phone. Um, I just don't really respect her for that. And... You know, as someone who's been on the receiving end of ranting, and I don't mean like ranting like we're doing, I mean like like ranting and raving, yelling and threatening, um, it's just not a good look, and I don't appreciate it, and I, I don't find it fun. So I'm really denouncing her with this, and I really disliked her at the reunion, and now I'm completely done with her. She's now earning a spot on the shelf of like Nene and Lisa Vanderpump, as far as people I, I never need to see again on these shows, because I just don't think they're quality people. That's it. I don't think she's a quality person. I don't think she needs to... I don't think she needs her ego fed into any more than it already has with these shows. Now, her lawyer filed a cease and desist letter to two Instagram accounts. I mean, can you believe this? It's, it's Instagram. This is where we're at. Everything is related to Instagram now. But yeah, they filed this letter, and they're basically saying that the video and audio was um, captured and contains, was unlawfully acquired in the Shah home. And, you know, Wendy Williams played it this week or last week or whatever. So it's out there in mainstream. Like, good luck putting that in the box. That's some humble pie for a lawyer to have to be like, we have to protect her. But I know they're getting paid, so I don't feel too bad for the lawyer. But, like, uh, you're going to slap the wrist of the Instagram accounts, and this one's over here acting a fool, but, you know, money talks. So there you have it with that. Um, yeah, not interested in Jen. I'm sure she'll be back, but I can only imagine what we didn't see. This is her in her own home acting a fool. What, did, what didn't we see on the show? We saw the splash of water, big deal on the camera crew. I mean, not not a great look, but... I'm wondering what else lies beneath the surface and what didn't make it to tape. We've learned in the past with like someone like Leanne Locken, allegedly these production companies kind of protect their talent. Um, I'm not surprised to hear that. So what else has she stunted and pulled behind the scenes? 
Uh, she doesn't seem like a nice person or a very happy person. Um, don't know why Bravo would want to continue to support her, but, you know, we shall see. She was kind of the only catalyst that really came out of that season of Salt Lake City, even though it was good. Um, what else? Another lousy person, in my opinion, Lisa Vanderpump. Pump was suspended by the California Franchise Tax Board. Doesn't it seem like there's always something going on with her? You know, is she, Lisa, are you back to paying the employees or no? Because there was a class action lawsuit, a labor dispute, a labor law dispute. I mean, allegedly, this is what's been in the press. I mean, for as long as she's been around, I feel like there's been stuff said about her. Like, thinking even back to, like, the Cedric days. Like, there's a lot of stuff spoken about her practice. Remember, there was, we talked about it on this podcast, uh, potentially, allegedly changing of time cards and stuff. I don't know what the truth is, but um, it just seems like there's always something going on with her business dealings. And maybe this is just my perception. Business suspensions are either due to failure to pay taxes, failure to file tax returns, or failure to pay interest or penalties on taxes. You know, it's a quick fix. You pay the amount, I guess, and then you can reopen. But um, it has to be embarrassing. I mean, this, like I said, there's been a, a short list of things that have been going on with her. So, in the business. So, whatever. I hope that uh, the people who work for her can get back to work soon. Outdoor dining has been allowed, uh, you know, now. And it's odd that she's taken so long to do this. I, I don't know. She, she let Pump go to shambles. The last time I was in West Hollywood, I mean, it was just covered in graffiti and, like, boards. And I know that a lot of restaurants were boarded up, but... You know, you're not supposed to have graffiti in West Hollywood. There's like an ordinance there. So, I don't know. She really let that corner go to you-know-what. And I wonder why. Because she she poured all that money into Pump. And you know, she has this image that she's, you know, Lisa Vanderpump of Beverly Hills. I would never allow my business to look like that. Not even for a night. But, I don't know. I'm glad that the business is back open for those that work for her. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's all I have to say on her. I don't know. She said something in a tweet, like she's got like three shows that she's working on. I mean, that's great. I don't know. What are they again? Vanderpump Dogs, Overserved. And what's the third? I'm trying to think. Vanderpump Rules? I mean, I don't know how you're working on it. The show wasn't even cast. I mean, what are you doing? Maybe she's like going through tapes? I mean, like, I don't even know what... What 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 she do over pump rules? I mean, Andy Cohen was asked about it recently, and you know he just gave a very soft answer of like, "Well, we have to wait for the restaurants to reopen," which you know that will only get you so many miles because now it's turning around. So I think, and I was telling this to my friend Jess earlier today. I think that this is my this is my point of view, but I think that Lisa's empire is going to move over to Las Vegas. I don't know. Maybe they'll keep them all around. But I think you're going to see her move more towards Vegas because that crowd, that tourist crowd, the younger crowd who wants to be seen, they're going to want to go to her restaurants out there. And I think, honestly, the overhead might be better for her in Vegas. You know, she might make more money. So it's tough to have a restaurant, especially in L.A., one of the worst places to have a restaurant. Very, very expensive. So I'm wondering if we're going to see things transition to Vegas more. I, I don't know. That's my kind of prediction for that. And then the, the last one, the last fool on the list, Teresa Judice. Um, I'm done calling her Judice, by the way, because that's almost like too 
high end. Yeah, she's just Teresa Judas from Patterson. That's it. I mean, this one really low class, no class. I want to take a look at the house though. I looked into it. So, has anyone picked up on the house? The exterior shots we're seeing in the current season. It doesn't look so put together. It looks like it needs a lot of work. Like those who grew up in New England know, like that you know, homes can have like. Like a, I don't want to say like a mold that can grow on them, but like it's it's like a mossy type growth. Like you know, like it shows after a while if you're not like cleaning the house or keeping up with it and paint jobs and I mean it just kind of looks a little haggard. What we're seeing in the show as far as the backyard goes with the pool that looks great. Now that's all new construction, but I'm talking about the front. It's a lot of house to maintain, but. The thing is, when your house is being put on the market and we're going to get into it for over $2 million, I mean, it needs to look like a $2 million house. I don't know. I think it's kind of like not. <laughs> like, I don't know. Not into it. It's on the market for $2,248,888. I don't know who comes up with these numbers. So $2,248,888. I mean, I guess... They they bought the house and the lot and all that for like five hundred thousand years ago, as we saw early early in the season or the series when they were building it. Remember, I hear the economy's crashing, so I pay in cash. So, yeah, um, the house is up. She'll make a good amount of money on that, but what she should do is invest it and not buy another house. But we know that's not happening. Uh, she no one's no one's thinking over there. Um, she brought in a designer though. Jimmy De Laurentiis, I believe that's the correct spelling and name. And this person was brought in to lighten up and update the house. She even admitted Teresa herself that it was full of old Italian things and it was very dark. And yeah, I mean, it's gaudy. You know, that double staircase with all like the, the, the gold and bronze and stuff. So I'm curious. It looks like they got some new light fixtures in there. I wonder what they really did. We did see a little bit on the show when they were talking about staging it for pictures and video. And I thought it was odd that she still had pictures up of like her family. Like my parents just recently sold my childhood home. And like, when I tell you like all that stuff was put away a month before the photos were even booked. I mean, there wasn't anything personal around when they're walking in with cameras to, you know, capture the house. So I don't know. Maybe it was for show because Teresa had to then ask the real estate agent about why she said that her brother owes her husband money. Um, it looked like the real estate agent was all too happy to be on the show, by the way. So, you know, I don't know. They claim she's really great. I think she's a little camera hungry, if you ask me. But, yeah, I mean, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, I'm, I'm team Jackie all the way. I'm really enjoying Jackie. I think she's far too educated to be on the show personally. Um, I, I, there's something about her. I, I just like her. I can relate to her. I don't know why, but you know, I like her. I like the husband. I don't see her coming back to the show for, for what reason her and her husband make good money. She feels as though the show or AKA Teresa has ruined her marriage or tried to attack her marriage and her family. So what motivation does she have to return to this show? None. You know, she's got enough money. She's not there. And she doesn't strike me as a clout chaser trying to get famous out of this. I mean, I'm sure she enjoys the interviews and likes the attention to a degree, but I don't think it's more important to her than her family. We'll see how the season ends. 
But, I mean, for what I'm seeing, I don't see how her and the husband are going to come to a conclusion that they're going to want to sign on again to do this. So I'm enjoying her while we have her. So, and it could be time to add a new housewife to Jersey anyway, just saying. So, you know, we'll see. They could keep her and still add someone. But I don't know, it seems like they're awfully cheap over there these days. It's like, they have like this fixed amount of people. I, I think the more the better, personally. Especially if you have a decent, solid cast, then just add somebody and, you know, it's a new variable. But I don't know what they're doing over there. Before I wrap, here's what I'm watching on TV. Let me know if you're looking at any of this. It's uh, kind of spans the gambit, if you will. Um, I am watching The Young and the Restless. I just need some type of good soapy escape. And it's a little slow for me, like, but um, it's nice to have on in the background. CBS.com, you have way too many commercials, by the way. Um, well, speaking of commercials, I have been watching Drag Race just because I like the, the creativity of it. I looked at Legendary 2 on HBO Max, but that Drag Race, there's too many commercial breaks. I mean, to get through one episode, you you got to plan on, like, the afternoon. So that, that I'm, like, not too loving. But um, I am enjoying... That I'm not loving, but I am enjoying just kind of watching like creative people on TV. And I love an elimination show, an elimination competition reality series. Very rare to find these days. And then speaking of that, I'm watching Blown Away on Netflix. It's a glass blowing competition show. I don't know anyone that's watching this, but it's again, it's competition, it's competitive, it's elimination and creative. So, you know, it's an easy watch. I think it's like 20 minutes, but you know few of the people on there really bother me, but I like seeing the work that they do. So that's where I'm at. I hope you enjoyed this, you know, simple, simple catch-up episode. I wish there was more to talk about. I honestly do. I, I combed through the usual outlets, but this is what I have for you. Thank you for listening. I love you for it. I hope you'll continue to listen and continue to support. Some of you have been with me for years, and I know who you are, and I thank you for it. I love you for listening. We'll be back with more rants and with a guest next time. This has been Grants Rants. Follow Grants on Twitter and Instagram at It's Grants Rants. Cover art created by Howie Rone. Original theme music by Alexander Ardzin. The Grant Michael Collection.